Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, U.S. Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics U.S., brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. He was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii. Okay. And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Achtung, Achtung, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk, with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. And we're recording this on the 3rd of September, so I thought I'd start with this. This morning, the British ambassador in Berlin (laughs) handed the German government a final note stating that unless we heard from them by 11 o'clock, that they were prepared at once to withdraw their troops from Poland, the state of war would exist between us. I have to tell you now that no such undertaking has been received, and consequently, this country... Is it war in Germany? Now, but we're not here to talk about the war with Germany, are we, Jim? No, we're not, but that was very good. And can I also just point out that that, um, <laughs> that 3rd of September was my was my grandmother's birthday and she was she had a very lugubrious turn of phrase. And she always used to say, I can remember the outbreak of the First World War better than the second, even though it was on my birthday. <laughs> She was absolutely fantastic. Uh, brilliant. Uh, and I remember, I remember my mother once, she came to stage, and my mother was sort of trying to think of desperate, you know, desperate trying to think of things that they could do. So she took her to, to a, a heavy horse farm. And 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 anyway, my grandmother never said anything. And at the end of it, she said, well, what did you think of that? That was fun, wasn't it? And she went, I never did much care for horses. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the kind of person she was. She was wonderful. But but um but yeah, Amazing. her birthday um was on the third of September. That's a that I mean that that's a that's a damper, isn't it? Yeah. On a she birthday. would have been she would have been thirty eight that day. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Right. So anyway. God, yeah, yeah. But no, that's very good. That was um, very good. I thought your your Neville Chamberlain impersonation was actually one of the better ones I've heard. Well, thank you very much. You know. um, uh, but, but like I say, we're not here to talk about because last our last episode, we left the listener hanging on the Marco, um, Marco uh, Polo Bridge incident. Marco Polo Bridge incident, Mutaguchi, Renia. and of course, yeah. uh, and then the um, uh, well, the investor invasion of Shanghai, of uh, uh, Shanghai. Yeah. Um, uh, which is, I mean, the, the the thing is, it given the scale of these battles, it is sort of amazing that they're not on people's radars, really. Um, yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's just, it's just incredible, isn't it? The scale, the numbers involved are just, you know. But but you but again, you've got this sort of, you know, there's such a big gulf between 
1937 and 1944 or 1945 yeah. in terms of technology yeah. and what people can do. And I think, you know, and, and there's such a huge gulf again between the Japanese, the Imperial Japanese of the late yeah, 1930s yeah. And, and, and the nationalists, the Chinese nationalists. Well, well I mean, after all, the, 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 the Japanese are seriously outnumbered in this encounter. In, in, seriously in, in outnumbered to, to tune of 10 I mean, to 1. Yeah, yeah. And yet... Um, still, you know, it's 70 division, 70 Chinese divisions and nine Japanese divisions. Um, uh, uh, it's a, it's you know, incredible. And of course, kind of depending how you look at it. But basically, it is amazing what the Japanese are, are able to are able to pull off. Um, and and, you know, that it indicates that, that, that Japan's sort of road to modernization has paid fruit, has paid dividends and that the Chinese just aren't able to whatever. They don't have an answer. Yeah. basically which is which which of course is then going to feed into japanese ideas of racial supremacy yes of course and all that and all that on all that sort of stuff you know there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing more likely to prove that you are um, a higher race is there than than defeating a much bigger army in battle yeah. you know and the, the part i mean part part of what follows in the um japanese military culture very much comes from these kind of victories doesn't it yeah. and the, uh you know because because that that mindset, all that mindset needs is proving right a couple of times, doesn't it? Yeah. And it, and, it, and you're away. And it fuels it, and it fuels itself. But anyway, so the the, the let's talk about the Battle of Shanghai. I mean, it's well, um, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? So so what you've got is you we left it on that cliffhanger of the seventh of July, nineteen thirty seven, which is the uh, the Marco Polo Bridge, or or the uh, I should say the. Um, uh, what was the name of the bridge again? It's called something different. <laughs> I remember it it's now. Called something else, and it's here we called go. Oh, yeah. This is the Lagutrai. 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 Yeah. Lagucho. Anyway, whatever. Let's Lagucho. call it the Marco Polo anyway. Bridge. It's easier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, um, so that was on the 7th of July, 1937. And then, then there's kind of sort of, you know, f f from the Japanese point of view, that's that's the all they need. From from Chiang Kai-shek's point of view, who's the, you know, the leader, the generalissimo in, in, in China, that's all he needs as well to, you know, he, he's faced with his terrible dilemma. Do, do you... Do you just sit back and let the Japanese take whatever they want because you know you're not militarily strong enough to, to, to resist? Or do you actually pull up a fight? Oh. And so uh, and from the Japanese point of view, what they do is they go, right, that's it. And you've already got these armies in the north. So Beijing is in the north and, in, in you know, and you've got... Um, you, you've got Tianjin as well is in the north, yep. and so these armies. It's, yep. it's not a, from the from Manchukuo or, or Manchuria as yep. it was. Manchuria, you, yep. you know, it's, it's not a huge leap to to come down and take those those places. And 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 Chang knows that they're lost. You know, there's there's nothing they can do about it. Shanghai is a different sort of kettle of fish, though, because it's on the mouth of the the mighty Yangtze River. Inland, of course, is Wuhan. Um, which is, of course, we now know for different reasons, but but at the time was also a major a major city, sort of in the s central heart of uh, central eastern part of uh, of China, and that's the kind of the next part. And what what Chang envisages is a strategy where he tries to hang on to Shanghai. Um, he 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 definitely hangs on to to Wuhan. Um, but but he holds the, the southern part and the central kind of part of China and doesn't let the Japanese go any further, but recognising that, that there are going to be setbacks. But it's also incredibly important that that, that China stands and fights, yeah. w got, whatever the loss is. Exactly. So he, for so for, he, for I mean, pride, he... for sense of national unity... Well, and and for his own and for his own political position, because yeah, after all, absolutely, um, you know, because because uh, the, all of the all of the rival movements within China are extremely, you know, the politics the politics is very tough, and uh, and and everyone e each of the their factions within the nationalists, there's factions within the communists, yes, you know, and 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 what's also happening is they're as the war progresses, they're de developing their own sort of. Methods, methods yeah. um, of 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 oppression, assassination, um, uh, and general sort of backstabbing and stuff. So, so Chang knows that he's going to have to. He's got to fight, not just for China, but for his own, his own position. Yes, but and if he, if, you know, so 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 a lot of his decision making is about saving his own skin as much as anything else. Yeah, yeah. Let's, it, let's be honest now. Of course. But 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 it is also it is also rooted in this nationalistic vision. This this yeah. idea of a united China, which is something that sort of, you know, 
as we were saying last time, you know, we were talking about this whole idea of these these emperors are the kind of sort of over figures, but 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 power is devolved around this vast country, and you know, I think he still still senses that that will continue, but there will be a stronger central government, a, an essential yeah, yeah. notion of nationalism within China. But 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 what his his strategy is to try and sort of solve some of the problems, and one one of the big problems is the Chinese Communist Party with whom they've been you know, effectively at civil war with, uh, and, and and just try and hold on for as long as possible. And he feels that, that in the long run, the long attritional battle, China is better placed to kind of win that than the Japanese, who are all about quick, yeah. short, sharp strikes. Yeah, yeah. And to that end, they're very much like Germany. You know, it's just, it's the same thing because they are short of resources, which is one of the reasons why they're in China in the first place. Is because yeah. they yeah, want yeah. this empire so that they can they can fill the the um, the gaps in their own shortcomings. You know, their own resource shortcomings. But Chang's problem, in contrast with Mao, is that uh, and the and the communists is the Mao is the China, Chinese Communist Party have not decided to field a standing army, aren't acting in a in a you know aren't a national. Movement in that respect don't claim to be a government, right? No. So they don't have a standing army. So standing army. So they don't have the consequent problems of running a standing army. So they don't have the problem of fighting and losing set piece battles. They don't. You know, they, they don't. No. They don't come with the. They're not encumbered in the way that uh, Chang is, and, and 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 aren't forced into the sort of action that Chang is forced into. You know that that Mao Mao Mao. I mean, one thing. What they really got to do is not regard just because Mao ends up. Running China, you know, after the civil war, you know, into the fifties, sixties, doesn't mean there's anything inevitable about his position at the time. Yeah, and the, and what the communists really are trying to do is of is avoid Chang's uh, predicament, which is he has a great big bloody army that he's got to run. That's extreme, you know. While China, China, Japan might be resource poor, but so is the Chinese national government. It's people rich, yeah. but resource poor, and obviously. You've had a you've had a series of weak you've had a, a, a tradition of weak centralized government in China and he's trying to because there's a war particularly he Chang's trying to get stronger centralized government and so whatever he tries to do he grinds up against all sorts of structural problems that make make action really really hard aside from the you know let alone the fact he's up against an opponent who's really got their act together when it comes to um uh running an army and running working things tactically and strategically you know because the Japanese the Japanese like, like we've just said, uh, 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 you know, they win this battle despite being massively outnumbered, and it's because they've got their shit together and their technological. Yeah, and they've got uh, they've together. got decent artillery, and they've got they've they've yeah, got and tanks all, and, and all that and, and got... all that sort of stuff. But but by the same token, were were the Chinese to try and get their hands on that sort of stuff, that he's going to have to let Chang's going to have to levy taxes, he's going to have to do all sorts of things that, that will make him profoundly unpopular. Yeah. So he's got he's got all sorts of he's. I mean, I mean. I'm, I'm, you know, Chiang Kai-shek to me has always been, uh, because I, because I had, didn't know about China, he's always been basically a sort of, he's always in the Burmese picture a bit, the picture yeah. of what's happening in Burma a bit, with Stillwell, getting stuff over the hump, and that's kind of the extent of it, and, you know, and, and Cash My Check is his, is his nickname, the Americans call him that, don't they? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, cynically. Because he's always saying, I need help. But when you look at why, he, why he's always saying he, need, he needs help, he really is in a, in impossible. I mean, the predicament the nationalists find themselves in, I think, is really, really, um, it's essentially insoluble. And you can see why the communists are able to sort of make hay out of the nationalist predicament, can't you? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But but to, to, just to go back to the summer of nineteen thirty-seven. So so what so what happens is is you have the Marco Polo incident on the seventh of July, nineteen thirty-seven. The Japanese in the north, you know, from from Manchukuo. Manchuria, then sweep down towards Beijing and, and Tianjin, and and they're not really contested. So so they go. In those furious sort of three weeks until the end of July, Chang is trying to work out what to do, and and he knows he's got to stand. But the first thing he's got to do is sort out the communists. So he does open talks with as, as a conference with the the CCP, and gets them on board and says, look. You know, we can sort this out later on, but right now we've got a much bigger threat, which is the Japanese. And, and trust me, there's going to be no Chinese Communist Party if the Japanese get in China. You, you can kiss that one goodbye. So we're much better to, you know, 
my enemy's enemy is my friend. You know, come on, guys, let's yeah, let, yeah. let's get together. You know, let's think about this national cause, and we'll work about the politics later on. And, and Mao Zedong and and the other leading communists go. Do you know, what? I actually got a point. So that is the communists for the time being sorted to a certain extent. Yeah. And actually, they are then encouraged to to do their own militias and bring their own military capability to it and sort of get themselves a little bit organised. At the same time, he also um, signs a, um, a non-aggression pact with, with the USSR. Uh, and actually, as we were talking last time, you know, Stalin is much more interested in the nationalists than he is than, than he is the, the Chinese communists. The communists yeah. And so yeah, that yeah. is signed on the 21st of August. Um in between that time, and and that is, you know, and that by that time that is that has been signed on the twenty first of August. Chang has made his decision. They they are going to take on the Japanese, uh, and there is a further incident that 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 triggers this, and this happens on the 9th of August, which is when um, Lieutenant uh, Oyama um, Izao, who is a young Japanese infantry um, infantry commander, is in a car with his driver. And he's challenged at a checkpoint to the um, to the Shanghai International Airport, and um, he tries to go round it. And so the Chinese guards open fire, and he and, and the driver are killed. It's a yeah. shootout, and they're killed. And it, it's never. Re- I, I've never tried quite sort of worked out why on earth this guy was trying to do that. But the reason the Japanese are there is because the, there is a Japanese presence in the international settlement, and part of the Boxer Rebellion, post Boxer Rebellion um, treaties. Um, the Japanese were involved in that, and, and that included a military presence to help keep the peace in Shanghai, which is this important international trade centre, etc., etc., etc. But there's very, very few. Tra- you know, you're talking about a few, fa- you know, a few thousand Japanese troops in Shanghai at this time. Um, and then on the 23rd of August, that's when the Japanese then start landing. Um, you know, and it has to be said, despite their modernity compared to China, you know, they they've. They haven't got landing craft and all this kind of stuff. They've just got boats and things, and it's all a bit kind of, you know, it looks decidedly 1930s compared to kind of 1940s, what we've come yeah. to know and love, yeah, you yeah. know, later on yeah. in the Second World War. So, um, uh, and and this fighting starts, and you've still got the international settlement with, you know, with the French and the British and the Americans in this little enclave in the heart of, of Shanghai, and the battle basically going on around them. I mean, it's just absolutely extraordinary. It's a... It is incredible, isn't it? Because it because that that is essentially what happens, isn't it? Yeah. The battle, the battle happens in the bits that 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 the Japanese and the Chinese can fight over. Yes. And the international bit, they they sort of bypass. It's it's it, it's, it's very, absolutely strange. It's, and there's it's very very peculiar. And there's photographs yeah. of people from the you know journalists in the international settlement standing on a kind of you know on a top of a building watching the fighting and you can see the whole sort of old shanghai kind of burning huge billowing smoke sort of arising up into into the skyline while they're just watching on sort of you know comparatively safe as houses it's absolutely extraordinary but the interesting thing about you know what what one also has to understand about the chinese forces is that there are these generals commanding armies and that sounds all quite normal but they're not really general they're kind of warlords and 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 they're they're political players, and so and they and they're in the habit of switching sides and stuff, aren't they? And yes, or, it's, all, or, it's all or with or or withholding their men and uh, and withholding their right. uh, uh, armies, aren't they? So so yes, Chang's 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 having to you know figure that out as well, isn't he? He's having to Absolutely. give people command and uh, or, or <laughs> say I need you, I need you involved, even though. They've both tried to kill each other at some point. There's all that. Yeah, there's all that. There's going all that on. going on. And so basically, what they the, the, these Chinese troops, most most of these warlords' armies are Chinese soldiers. Some have helmets, some don't. Some have British to Brody helmets. So some don't have any helmets at all. They just have caps. They're basically wearing kind of sort of cotton uniforms. They've been issued with a rifle and a bayonet, and of course. They are literally cannon fodder. And it doesn't matter how many they are because they haven't got decent artillery or hardly any artillery. Because they haven't got, they've got hardly any air forces. And because they just don't, you know, they don't even have that many mortars and machine guns and all the rest of it. You know, they're coming up against a, a much smaller opposition, but an opposition which is is trained, which is equipped with decent artillery, which is equipped with mortars, lots and lots of machine guns. And it's just, it's a whole kind of, you know, first day of the Somme thing. It's people advancing through down, down busy thoroughfares in Shanghai, meeting a Japanese roadblock which is absolutely laced with um, with machine guns and getting cut to pieces and that's just happening time and time again now there are 380,000 pretty you know much better trained troops and these are the German trained 
troops by um, Alexander von Falkenhausen. And, and these are also equipped with some German material. So they've got K-98 rifles and they've got German helmets and all this kind of stuff. They look quite sort of German in, in, in many ways, in German kit and Mercedes and, and what have you. Uh, um, but, but Chang is also very wary about committing them to Shanghai, which is a battle which he's, you know, pretty certain he's going to lose. And, and he's going to need these guys for the battle of the, the central heartland of China. So how much does he commit of them? And he does commit some of them, um, admittedly. But but not that many, uh, and you know that's one of the reasons why. And again, that's, that's it's a constant political juggling act. You know, he can't be kind of holding them too much because our warlords will go, "Well, sod this for love, we're off." Um, but at the same token, you know, he he, you know, he needs to put a bit in, but he can't waste them. You know, so it's, you know these are all decisions which are, are really difficult and hard to hard for him to make. I mean. You know, you, you you do feel from a bit. Well, I, that that that's the thing. I, I mean, even though he's obviously at it, not a very nice man. Well, exactly. Well, exactly. <laughs> but he's. But yeah, I mean, his, his position is completely unenviable, isn't it? I yeah, mean, it's, completely. It's, 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 it's you know, yeah. he's between a total rock and a hard place where every decision he makes is gonna is gonna result in thousands of people being killed, which of course is what exactly what happens. And so, and so it starts off with, you know, this overwhelming number of Chinese troops kind of sort of pouring in towards Shanghai. The Japanese sort of reinforcing the original amount they've got with this with this amphibious invasion. And, 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 and you know, so all these, these, these Chinese troops have sort of been poured into, this, into this, this melting pot, which just gets more and more out of hand. And, you know, and, and there's, there's the Yangtze River, there's the Shuzhou Creek... You know, there's all these these sort of blocking lines as main roads and stuff, and and one after another, they're kind of eventually kind of overrun by 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 the Japanese. But this is a really big, brutal fight that doesn't end until November 1937. It's, so it's you've got three months of this. It's human wave attacks against tanks. It's uh, it's everything you can, uh, isn't it? That that if you want to characterise it, and each street that gets taken has been fought yeah. over in a human wave style basically um because yes. the, the, the chinese have no answer to what the japanese have got but the japanese in the end don't really have an you know you, you you've, you've just got to let them come at you haven't you it's the it's the thing yeah. um uh i mean it it, it is the numbers are are, are are astronomical as well i mean that's the interesting thing about this is is we're, we're looking at hundreds of thousands of uh of uh men fighting and uh, i don't know a couple of hundred thousand chinese dead maybe i mean yeah, who who knows? Two hundred thousand. You know, it is it is generally considered about two hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, it's huge numbers. There, there are these little moments. So there's the, there's the incident of the of the eight hundred Braves, which is yeah. th these which are from the Germanized, yeah. um, German trained um, units. It's actually the the five hundred twenty fourth regiment, which I think is from the is it the eighty yeah. eighth division, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, they're 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 defending the Joint Trust Warehouse. Which still right. stands; it's still there in in, in Shanghai. Right. Um, and actually, and the, the the 800 Braves becomes this sort of you know great legendary story, the great tradition of of yeah. sort of you know martial epics yeah. told through the history of China. But actually, yeah. it, it's it's since been worked out there were only 453 of them rather than. <laughs> but, you know, I don't think the 400 Braves has, yeah. a, has yeah, a, yeah. a ring in a way. But anyway, yeah. it's 800 Braves, um, and basically their job is to kind of you know whatever happens, don't let the Japanese into this building. Yeah. Uh, and, and and you know. They don't write up to the last minute, and most of them perish in the process. And, yeah, you know, uh, and and eventually the the Japanese are constantly reinforcing, um, constantly reinforcing more and more and more troops for, um, are landing, uh, um, and also troops are coming down from the north as well. Yeah, because of course, because uh, um, uh, not to the Battle of Shanghai, but they're kind of there's pressure coming from the north south of, of Beijing. Yeah, uh, and eventually it comes too much, and they and you know they the Chinese do pull back. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and the next city they come to is, is Nanking, um, but you know, yeah, the, the, the battle for, for for Shanghai is is just you know, it's one of those great epics. It's called the kind of the Verdun of China. And, yeah, and well, and and I mean, it, it, interestingly, you know, um, now is in, in the nationalists haven't been sort of um, I don't know erased is that the right word or or left out of Chinese historiography. The Battle of Shanghai, nevertheless exists in it now and is a yes. heroic national battle for China against a foreign invader uh, yeah. and and it's elided over the fact that it, or, or, you know it's accepted in fact 
in Chinese historiography now that it's the that it is the nationalists. It's a precursor to the Communist Party, which I think is really really interesting because you yeah. you know you, a battle of this scale you can't you can't. I mean, I know the Western people have ignored it, but you can't you can't ignore it, can you? I mean, no. that's sat somewhere in your history. Well, and of course, this is interesting, isn't it? That one of the one of the reasons why it's being ignored by the West is because there's been no access to archives and stuff in the, yeah. in, the yeah, yeah. in China, and you know the communists after the war kind of just pushed it to one side because it was the nationalists, not the communists, and so yeah. it hasn't been told in China either. But it's but it's really interesting that you know, I, I mean, I was just sort of you know having a little sort of web browse the other day and there is a there is a film, a Chinese film called The Battle of yeah. Shanghai. Yeah. And, you know, it's all very gritty and slow motion bullets and things, you know. Yeah. Well and heroic is the thing. And so, heroic, yeah. yeah absolutely. Heroic. Right, I'll tell you what absolutely. we're gonna do. We're, we're gonna take a break and we'll carry on and we'll try and I mean I I have a feeling that there's another podcast after this in this anyway. So we'll take a break. We'll see you in a tick. Welcome back to Weird Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray and James Holland. So, Jim, Shanghai has fallen the cost of hundreds of thousands of Chinese people. Yep. What's yep. next? I mean, the, the, well, I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, it is remarkable how um, Chang is able to take these colossal defeats and retain his position. I mean, this is the re- you know, he loses, he, he estab- establishes new capitals and then loses those cities um, uh, and yet maintains his grip on the nationalist. Yeah side of things doesn't he I mean he's I mean we're saying his position's unenviable earlier but he's quite clearly quite the operator to be able to survive all that yeah yeah yes absolutely and, and of course you know understandably a lot of um China's great cities are, are, are near the coast because yeah. that means they can trade and and all yeah. that so you know they're all falling and and you know next on the list is Nanjing which is sort of down the down the river down the Yangtze yeah. um yeah. river and you know ancient capital and all the rest of it and the Japanese are absolutely furious by the time they get to Nanjing you know because this is this has already cost them way more than they they had anticipated yeah Uh, and although it has been a terrible catastrophic tactical defeat for the Chinese um it is still it still costs an awful lot of troops for the Japanese and money and you know this is not how they operate their their whole thing is about speed and and doing things quickly so there is this there is this pent-up fury with which they attack Nanjing. Yes, Nanjing. That raises an interesting thought, though, doesn't it? Um, uh, because after all, the thing we talk about a lot is how the, the you know the, the, to to die to die in battle is the Japanese soldiers' um, uh, ultimate honor, isn't it? Or that's what that's what we're told they're told, and a lot of them seem to a lot of them seem to believe that. Nevertheless, the Japanese army would rather not fight a battle in which lots of people get killed. Yes. I think that's um, fair to say. Uh, well, well, so there's a paradox there, isn't there? Because because if you're telling your telling your people that what they really want to do is get into a battle and get killed, then actually, then when that happens, you're thinking, God, you know, the Japanese army obviously think bollocks. To me, you know, it's one thing to motivate people with that, but then it's quite another when you, you then it's actually happening. Do, 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 do yeah. you see what I mean? That there's a yeah. there's an ironic tension between those yeah, two yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. The last thing the Japanese actually want is loads of their men killed. They don't want to fight these big, big battles. They don't want people to honour them, the emperor, with their deaths. Actually, no. <laughs> that's quite, and that's quite an interesting. That's quite an inter- That's an interesting paradox, isn't it? Really, uh, yeah. in, in the way they're trying to do war. But yes. Yeah, so anyway, so when they get to Nanjing, you have a you have a, an army that's livid that the Chinese are resisting them, and they're livid yeah. that the Chinese are resisting them because they don't like the, they don't like the Chinese because. The, 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 this, this is a racist approach to war, but they're also they're livid because, as you say, it's costing them far more men and stuff and money than it ought to. And also, there is a feeling in the Japanese army that why are you bothering to resist? We will, we can defeat you. We're streets yeah. ahead of you militarily. What are you doing? Why are yeah. you why are you putting everyone? And, and, frank, and, and frankly, we're superior. We're superior. Why are you putting everyone through this? And that then leads to this to the the you know the. The cataclysm of the rape of Nanjing, which is um, the the most. Well, well, I mean, well, you know, the battle for Nanjing last last twelve days, whereas yeah. you know, it's Shanghai's months. months for, for, yeah, yeah. Shanghai, it's all over on you know, like the nineteenth is, I think, is the yeah. kind of, is, is what's considered the end of the battle of, yeah. of Shanghai, and and the uh, Japanese start attacking um, Nanjing on the first of December, nineteen forty seven. Um, and it's all over by you know, Chang orders to withdraw from on, on the twelfth of December. Yeah. Uh, and then there is this appalling bloodletting 
you know, yeah. where the Japanese troops just run amok. Now, obviously, there's there's all sorts of historical precedents for that. You know, you think about the British troops in Badajoz, for example, yeah, yeah. in the Peninsula War, yeah. you know, where they go around sort of raping and pillaging and all the rest of it. You know, you think about the Red Army soldiers in Berlin in 1945. I mean, yeah. you know, it is... You know, it, it's it's not ever thus, but it, but it has happened frequently. Yeah. Um, the rape of the Sabine women, you know, back in classical well, times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or how things are done in the Thirty Years' War, you know. Um, right in the Thirty Years' War, and yeah. and and there is this anger and and sexual violence go go obviously go go very ha- hand in hand. Yeah. Um. And and what happens in Nanking is is. There are lots of civilians are murdered, but but also lots and lots of women are raped, and, yeah. and child you know children are bayoneted and things, and and yeah. you know men tied up and used as bayonet practice, and that extreme brutality yeah. of the Japanese, which for which for which they become so infamous, um, yeah, you know well, in, in Southeast Asia and Singapore, Malaya, and and you know Philippines and elsewhere, yeah. you know th- th- this is the kind of first signal of of this this different yeah. approach to to war and, and what's really clear is that the senior officers i mean there's lots of there's lots of people sort of going you know we don't condone this you know we're we're, we're not encouraging it, we need to stop it you know senior japanese officers who are, who are trying to kind of put a lid on it and are totally ineffective and this goes back to what we were talking about in that paper that you and i've been looking at yeah, about yeah, yeah. junior officer insubordination yeah. which again incidentally is is also quite quite linked to the German web war and the Blitzkrieg yeah. years, this idea yeah. that, that an order is just basically something that you you is a is a guideline rather than something that's to be strictly yeah. interpreted. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, if 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 you you on the ground um have a better way of doing things, that's fine as long as you succeed, obviously. Yeah. Um and, and the Japanese way is is kind of pre- pretty similar. But in Nanking there is just this absolute outpouring of, of extreme violence and of course yeah. it's incredibly counterproductive yeah because for exactly the same ways that extreme violence that the germans show um in barbarossa in the invasion of soviet union in you know in the summer of 1941 yeah. is incredibly counterproductive yeah because violence begets violence and everyone knows yeah. that and and of course what happens is although there is a sort of there is a slight sort of media clampdown word gets out of what the japanese have done yeah uh, and, it, and it's well, spreads, because, you know, because the again, there's an, inter- there's an international again, there's an international zone similar to Shanghai, isn't there? In, Na- right. in Nanjing, and you have so you have you know the, the eyes of the world, as it were, watching this happen and documenting it happen. And of course, there's a hospital there, and people are fleeing to the hospital, um, uh, seeking seeking sanctuary and succor and all this sort of stuff. And uh, yeah. uh, and so it's it's clear what's going on and this all i mean you know the thing is is you know orgy of violence doesn't really do it justice does it the the the, the no. language the language you have for this either either sort of slithers into cliche or is simply simply inadequate and the um you know and they're killing prisoners of war they they as well as raping everyone they get their hands on they're killing prisoners of war they the the, the the rules of war have gone completely out out the window haven't they um, yeah completely and, and this is but, but what's interesting about this is is as we're saying you know it's seen the world over so in india um people people know about this um and yes. you know we talked to rob lyman before that that that, that this is the uh, and and when chang goes and sees gandhi when chang goes to india he says he this tells him he tells him he says this is what you're gonna get you know yeah, the, you think the, the british are bad yeah yeah and i and i you know He's he's offering them a stark. Ch- Chang thinks he's he's saying you've a stark choice between the, the, your status quo in which you're which you're trying to do something about um, politically. And Chang, of course, he can't understand why there are different. He can't understand the division in the different Indian uh, uh, liberation, you know, uh, independence movements. He doesn't get it because he. He can't understand why they're all so divided because, as he sees it, there is one threat, and that is the Japanese Japanese yeah. Empire and the way and the way the Japanese do things. Because after all, Chang, you can't the, the the problem this causes for the Chinese is you can't is the Chinese uh, for the Japanese rather is that the Chinese can't come to an accommodation with this. They can't go. Well, you know what we need to yeah, we yeah. need to talk to the Japanese, and it and it 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 sets the rest of the war up in in japan that none of the chinese actors feel they can legitimately do a deal with the japanese although some do and of course the consequences then then bite bite them thoroughly on the backside but i mean it nanjing is so interesting isn't it because it because 
Shanghai, Shanghai sort of one thing, these human wave attacks, this fighting, this sort of unmatched bloody battle. But Nan, Nan, Nanjing is completely on a different, there's something else going on completely, isn't there? Yeah, and, 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 it's, and it's just appalling. There was a, there was a brilliant book uh, that came out about a decade yes. ago called The yeah. Rape of Nanking yeah. by Iris yeah. Chang. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, I read that when it came out and it's, I mean, you know, all I can just say is it's absolutely not for the faint-hearted at all. It's, no, it's, it's no. unbelievably unsparing in its, in its detail and it, yeah. and it is absolutely horrific. I mean, I'm glad to say that Ron Mitter kind of, you know, says it was all absolutely ghastly and awful but doesn't sort of dwell on the detail too much which frankly yeah. I was quite grateful for. Yeah. Um, but, but, no, that but, but inevitably, inevitably, the violence sort of runs out of steam. So by kind of sort of February, March, nineteen thirty-eight, it, it's kind of sort of it's it's all calmed down quite a lot in in yeah. in Nanking. But the scene is then set for the next big showdown, which is the the Battle of um, Taizong. Yeah. Um, which at this point is a is a victory that that Chang simply has to win. Yeah. And and he's got this general called Li um, Zidong, who is a southerner. He's a southern Chinese guy. Yeah. Um, and, and has not got on well with Chang at all in the 1930s. But but again, it's this yeah. kind of come on, guys. You know, we've got to we've got to pull together here, uh, and and they pour troops in and, and pour in the the bulk of the Germanized troops as well. Yeah, into this battle, and they do win. You know, yeah. they, they 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 do win. It's it's a you know, and there is an absolute kind of outpouring of of celebrations and, and yeah. kind of relief that this victory has been done but of course it's incredibly short term and it doesn't last and you know Wuhan gets threatened and then gets overrun and yeah. then you've got the kind of flooding of the Yangtze and all the rest of it yeah. um, and, and then after that it all dies down because suddenly you've got this stalemate where the, where the Japanese have reached their culmination point, the point where they yeah. can no longer operate with the kind of even close to the speed yeah. and it just becomes a stalemate so in a way although Shanghai and and Nanking are these tactical catastrophes for the Chinese. That the time they take, that yeah. the, the the attrition they inflict on the Japanese, yeah. and the sapping of Japanese ability and and maintenance of the main aim, yeah. is enough to ensure that China does not collapse. Yeah, and by that point, the rest of the world is sitting up. Um, and you know more supplies are coming in, and you know they're able to kind of sort of hold their line, and the British are able to kind of support um, uh, Chang through the Burma Road and all this kind of stuff through Rangoon and and, um, and Mandalay and all the rest of it. So you know it's um, but but it's that it's these opening six months, these opening six to nine months, which are the kind of you know that that is the period of sort of brutal. Bruising, bruising, bruising doesn't come close to it. These sort of brutal, terrible battles that then sets the tone, and then it's just a question of can the Chinese hang on? And of course, this is what then prompts the Japanese to then start thinking, well, hang on a minute, this hasn't worked. We're still short of our resources. We're going to have to go elsewhere. Our pan pan Asianism um, theory hasn't gone away. This idea of a Pacific block, of which we're the top dogs, we're the kind of you know the master race in this particular, you know. All those things get fueled, well, but, by but, this sense of frustration of what's happened in China. But, but but coupled with the fact that that whatever they're going to do next, they require short, sharp, shock victories, don't they? The, the, short, the, sharp, shock victories, the, absolutely. The, 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 uh, and there is no other way. There is no, you know, and in a way, their problem is worse because of their commitment in China. That they need them to be shorter, sharper, more 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 shocking, don't they? In fact, that which which leads them to Pearl Harbor, where they somehow think. What they'll do is shock the Americans out of action, yeah. which I think is, which is the most, you know, the, the, they'll or they'll buy enough time for themselves or whatever in the Pacific, which is quite extraordinary, really. When you when you consider actually their experience in China, is that short sharp shock does not work, and you and, and as you say, yeah. you can you can win a thing like the Battle of Shanghai, you can win it, you can win a thing like that, and still actually not defeat um, uh, your opponent. Because although China is, you know, I mean, it's in, it's in it's, again more paradoxes here. China is comprehensively defeated on every battlefield, basically when it when it runs into the Japanese for the four four five years of this war, um, uh, and yet but, and but, yet and yet does not lose. And uh, uh, well, I think you have to you have to see it in you know I think a useful compar a comparison is Barbarossa. Yeah, you know, they attack, they overwhelm, you know, huge armies. Vast yeah. numbers of Soviet casualties, yeah. vast number of Chinese casualties. Yeah. Um, 
Germans run out of steam. Japanese run out of steam. Yeah. Um, the long fight back, can, you know, starts, and it's and it's in that long, brutal, attritional war that ultimately Germany stroke Jap- Japan is yeah. unlikely to win. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're talking about those casualties. I mean, Shanghai and Nanking, you know, it's best part of two hundred thousand dead. Yeah. Um, considerably more dead than wounded. Yeah. Which is usually the other Which way around. Usually the other way around, yes. That's and that's peculiar. because of the kind of terrible state of yeah. Chinese medical services, of course. Well, and the, and, 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 the, and care and. and and Japanese cruelty as well. Um, uh, and Japanese cruelty. And, yeah. and at the end of it, not including civilians, just military numbers, 270,000 casualties for the, for, the, for the Chinese, of which, you know, best part of 200,000 are dead. Yeah. And that's yeah. before you get to civilians. And, and yeah. you know, everyone's talked, you know, the, the figures for how many people were killed in Nanking is, is incredibly variable. Yeah, and, um, and what between and, sort of you know thirty thousand to two hundred thousand, but hugely but it's a big, dis- huge hugely number. disputed though. That book by Iris Chang, by the way, that you mentioned, it's not yes. a decade ago. She wrote that in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, did she? Okay, yeah, it's been around. It's been around a while. And it was massively controversial at the time. Yes, it was. Ca- caused her all sorts of problems. God, was and it she, really as long ago? As yeah, that? yeah, yeah. And she took her own life um, uh, uh, with depression. Um, in the in the did mid she? mid two thousands. Yeah, because she was she she then basically. Kind of got no in, idea. got into this rhythm of writing books about, I mean, absolutely, you know, ghastly stuff, um, and was uh, writing about the Bataan Death March, I think, when at uh, the time of her death. So it was oh, you know, God. yeah, 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 yeah. God, yeah. that's a cautionary tale, isn't it? Yeah, it is I, an amazing book. I mean, it is an amazing book. I, 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 I would exactly given, recommend it. Well, exactly, I was given it, and. Um, and I don't really. Oh, thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> thoughtful, thoughtful. Oh, I don't, thoughtful I'm not even going to go there. I've just, yeah. the, I've, I've, there's so many instances from that book that I can remember with yeah. sort of horrible clarity, and I kind of wish I'd never read them in the first place. But I suppose yeah. one ought to. It's a bit like sort of reading about the Holocaust. You sort of fairly have a sort of duty to kind of understand it. And, yeah. Well, and I read think about it, but but I it was absolutely horrific. But to understand, I mean, I mean, but to understand a component of, um, uh, you know. Of the British Imperial, the Duke war effort, you really need to know about the rape in Nanjing, don't you? Because, because after all, it's the thing, as we said earlier, it's the thing that feeds into Indian consciousness about why people ought to, you know, join and fight against the Japanese. And then it also it also um, illuminates people's decision to fight with the Japanese because some, yeah. after all, uh, after all, people do, and they, you know, the, because after all, the, the what happens in Nanjing is, is disputed, and of course. You've even now got what what are called negationists in in uh, Japanese uh, 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 society who say it didn't happen, or it's not the it's not as bad as they say it was. Um, it's it's been overblown. It's impossible that couldn't have happened. Which I think is which is really really interesting that that you know you've you've still got you've still got you know in a way you haven't got in Germany, for instance. There's no there's none of that kind of pushback in Germany. Not by anyone respectable anyway. Um, uh, but that that does exist in elements in Japan. I mean, it's... Did, did, I mean, this, the, the rape in Nanking is brilliantly researched, I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, her, her credentials are second to none, and the research work she did was second to none, and, you know, there is absolutely no doubt about... I yeah. mean, you, you, you can argue the toss over the final figures, but you can't uh, argue the toss over actually what happened. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And what happened was was absolutely bestial. I mean, it was yeah. it was truly appalling and awful and yeah. and... and you know, it, it's that imposing yourself. You know, we are superior to you. Yeah. You know, you, you are dirt, and and you've yeah. caused us all sorts of upset. And we're angry, and then we're going to take it out on you. And, yeah. and you know, it's just oh god, it's absolutely horrendous. Yeah, it is. But, but, uh, but yeah, go on. Well, no, no. I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, and 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 you, you, you there are trials after the wars. The other thing is, this is one of the things that that the that very much mm. is at the centre of the um, uh, post-war trials and the Chinese, the Chinese-run war trials. But then, of course. It sort of disappears into the into the post civil war politics in China as a as a as a as a thing. It kind of only really emerges in the you know a, a lot a lot lot later because yeah. after all, you know what if if you're if you're the Chinese Communist government didn't happen on your watch is the sort of the argument, isn't it? Happened to yeah. it's the nationalists that caused that or were, were, were tied up in it. And if you're the Chinese Chinese Communist Party and you want a relationship with Japan post war. You're probably not going to dwell on it, and anyway, you've got that deniability of it being a nationalist disaster rather than a, you, you, you know. So the yep. the historiography is quite quite com- complicated. I mean, we're going to have to we're going to we're going to have to get into Lacheno and Claire uh, Claire Lacheno and Stillwell another time, aren't we? We can't do that now. 
Yeah, we can't do that now. We can't do that time. Now. But it's been good. But, but I think I think this is. But but in a way, I think this is the bit that people don't. People have sort of heard the Battle of Shanghai. They've heard of the yeah. Rafe and Nanking. But yeah, th- yeah. this is the stuff that people in the Marco Polo Bridge. But this is the stuff that most people just don't know any detail at all. Yeah. And I think and I think it was. It's been really useful talking about that background to it and why China is in the situation it is. Why yeah. Japan is in the situation it is. You know, it's 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 very complex and. Gosh, it just makes you understand those patterns of human behavior a bit more, yeah. doesn't it? And, and yeah, you know, yeah, I, yeah. I do think those comparisons with the the Japanese with German Germany is 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 really opposite. Actually, I think they're they're they really are there. Yeah, um, and and they follow the same a very similar well, sort of course I mean, and it, route. It, you know, well, if you called it working towards the emperor, you wouldn't be far off, would you? That that, that yeah, you know, it, and it's interesting, isn't it? The militarized radicalized nationalist culture delivering mm. delivering that you know the, the, the delivering those kinds of i mean that after all the the oyama incident as you said why what what was he doing what was he was he trying to was he trying to get things started had someone told him or, or had someone to told him to do it or was it on his own initiative but you, you know because it because because after all you look at glivitz um uh the radio station that's planned that's you yes, know, that, that's a planned inciting incident. Yeah, but it's a similar. It's a similar. It's kind a similar of, thing, isn't similar, it? Similar, similar thing. It's create a create a flashpoint. You know, the 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 the, the Japanese army can go. Well, this is humiliating. You killed one of our guys, and mm. and off it off it goes. You know, and as you say, both sides. Chang is looking for an opportunity to to fight to make a stand to do something right because he's facing a lot of criticism for doing nothing. Yeah, and. Uh, and the Japanese also think, well, we'll, we'll knock them over um, uh, dead quick and see Shanghai. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, Isn't it fascinating, folks? I've, I've really enjoyed this little oh, kind yeah. of yeah, this yeah, dive yeah. into this. I, I, I really think it's interesting. And some of all, you know, as I say, you know, the nature of China in that yeah. period between, yeah. you know, the end of the Qing dynasty in 1912 to, to where we are, you know, nearly, uh, well, 30 years later. Yeah. It's, it's just fascinating. But. But also, I think one of the things this also can inform is if you want to know, you know, if you want to know why what the Chinese outlook on the West might be, you've got to look at this because yeah. you've, you've got, you know, it, before the Battle of Shanghai, the UK, France, the US go, oh, I don't know if we can really, you know, don't know. No, but also can... it comes on the back of the centre of humiliation. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. But, the but, Opium but, Wars. Well, exactly. Well, international well, Yes, exactly. But, 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 but the point I'm making is there are various points where the West could actually do something to to uh, restore its reputation with the chinese and and help or at least try and put the brakes on the japanese and they don't they won't and they keep saying oh, it's too tricky it's too difficult this yeah, isn't really our, too, it's not really our business and you know uh uh who are we to say and and so no wonder that 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 and forget that it's the chinese communist party no wonder a chinese government go well we can't trust you lot you're not, we absolutely can't trust you, and also that they can't trust the Soviets either or the Russians, because because of that to and fro that happens between Mao and the you know the nationalists and the Soviet Union and Mao and the Soviet Union and all that. So no wonder their outlook is that we're unreliable. I know. I know. Um, you know, but it, I think it, it, you know it's not just the, 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 it's not just communism. It's not just it's not just an ideological um, implacability <laughs> about those kind of relations. It's it's track record from the West. As simple as that. Yes, and the, and the bottom line is, is what what the Chinese know is is that for the previous century, British and the West have treated them like absolute dirt. Yeah, I mean, you know, look at about all those all those Chinese workers that came over to clear the battlefields in, in the Western Front. Yeah, yeah, you know, total yeah. cannon fodder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's I, mean, I mean, you know, and 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 you know, we, you and I were talking about this yesterday, weren't we? You know, the yeah. sort of you know imperialism one word a sort of cure-all for everything you know there's different experiences of empire different experiences of, of imperialism you yeah know, if you you know if you're a nigerian you'll have a very different view of it to, to someone in in i don't know Mon- bombay yeah. as it was mumbai yeah. or yeah. calcutta or something you know and it's the same with the chinese i mean the chinese experience of 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 British imperialism or American imperialism or French imperialism for that matter in yeah. Shanghai and Hong Kong and elsewhere, you know, it's like, what the heck? What, what do you think you're doing coming here yeah. and telling us what to do and taking yeah. over our key port and bossing us around and treating us yeah. like dirt and yeah. looking down your noses at us with, yeah. with, with what is, what can only be described as absolutely abhorrent racism by today's yeah. standards. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. that was just the norm. So, yeah. you know, now when you've got President Xi 
rubbing his hands with glee at kind of what's happened in in yeah. Afghanistan, it all starts to make a bit more sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying. No, 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 you, no, no. You, no. You but if you, want, if you want to understand it, if you want to, if you want to see where possibly some of this comes from, you've got to, you've got to know about, you know, and, this, and the Second World War underlines the Chinese view, um, uh, and and then when you when you when you get into Stillwell, you know, the, the lend lease is what 1.5 percent of lend lease goes to China, uh, yeah. uh, 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 so, and and also. You have this thing with Stillwell insisting that the Chinese fight the battles he wants them to fight. You know, and why uh, does he do that? It's because he thinks he's better than them. Yeah, because he thinks because he because he reckons he can, and because he thinks he's better than them, and because because if you're in a junior position to the US, I mean, I think this is also the, the other thing. This, this illuminates the Anglo-American relationship, which people like to paint as a junior relate. You know, the, 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 by the end of the war, British are the junior junior partner, or Duke is the junior junior partner in that. Oh, not really. Not uh, because let's look at let's look at a junior partner and see actually what it's like being a junior partner. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's something else altogether. Um, yeah. You know. Anyway, um, uh, as ever, um, we Good hope stuff. You've, we hope you've enjoyed this. Um, well, I think we need to look at uh, Claire Lasheno. Well, we need to get Ryan Mitter in, don't we? Well, that's yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. And Lasheno, what Lasheno gets up to is absolutely amazing. It's fascinating. Mm. Basically, running his own air force, which is getting on with it. It's incredible. Yeah, with, with some with, with with some kitty hawks, yeah. Yeah, incredible. Anyway, we will see you all soon. Um, thanks for listening. Um, I don't know what we got for you on Thursday. Um, we we Jim and I went to uh, the Oval yesterday. It's Friday today. We're recording this. We went to the Oval yesterday, and we've been plotting and planning. And we're also very much looking forward to um, Warfest, which oh, is only a, yeah, only a couple wait. of weeks. Only a I can't wait two weeks today. I know it's very exciting, isn't it? Very two exciting. Two weeks today. And to meet to meet I Tony. Can't the, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to meet so many of the afflicted. And also, also to wear my member number one Sunray T-shirt, which I'm very pleased with. Yeah, yeah, well done. <laughs> Why are you number one? What about me? I don't know. I think it's because what about I member number two. I think I, it means I asked. <laughs> First in, best dressed, mate. Anyway, no, I deserve you. You deserve it. <laughs> no, we'll see you all soon. Thanks very much for listening. Um, cheerio. Cheerio.